0: The Aggies, the Jazz, the High Schools. If it's the sport you care about, we're talking about it. The Full Court Press on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM. The Fan.
1: Hey,
2: good afternoon, everybody. Eric Franson, RJ Salvison with you. Big news going on today. Of course, this is an in-the-know Wednesday here on the Full Court Press, but also big news coming out of Salt Lake City with the Utah Jazz. This just happened, just got done. The press conference just concluded in Salt Lake, and the news is Utah Jazz will host the 2023 All-Star Game for the NBA. So now they've had this uh, big renovation that has happened here recently at Vivint Smart Home Arena and tonight, just uh, uh, coming up in 2023, that'll be the 30-year anniversary of the last time the state of Utah hosted the uh, All-Star Game. And that's when John Stockton and Carl Malone were co-MVPs of the All-Star Game. So big news um, with uh, what uh, was announced this, this afternoon to, uh, for the NBA and what's going on with the Utah Jazz. Adam Silver was there. Uh, certainly, quite a few dignitaries uh, from the state of Utah and Salt Lake City were in attendance. Um, but um, anyway, there's some estimations. Apparently, the governor's office is estimating that uh, the All Star Game will have about a forty-five to fifty million dollar impact to the state. Uh, so it's you know you, f- you stage a big party, a lot of people from all over the country come to visit, and there are different things that they'll do while they're here. So, pretty exciting news from the Utah Jazz. So, we'll discuss that. We'll hear some of the things that happened in the press conference today. Also, later on, next hour, we'll get we'll do a deeper dive on the Air Force Falcons, the Air Force Academy, and the In the Know Wednesday. Uh, we'll have comments from the coaches, from the players, and uh, there's one particular uh, comment from the Air Force coach that has a scratch in our head and. Uh, It seems like every year this guy says something that just all I can do is shake my head. Uh, I just don't get Troy Calhoun sometimes. So anyway, we'll hear from that. And uh, calling out Utah and this other school down south um, for advantages that he perceives to be advantages, which if he really paid attention, there's really not an advantage there. So anyway, we'll get into who the Air Force Falcons are, what they've done so far this year, and uh, what's at stake, what might uh, happen. We'll also hear from uh, Dalton Baker and Jordan Nathan, their roles uh, on this team and what they see coming up this week, too. So a lot to get to besides the opening night in the NBA last night that took place. There was also Game 1 of the World Series. So man, a lot to cover, a lot to get through tonight here on the Full Court Press. And uh, let's start off with the start of the NBA, since we've been talking a little bit about the NBA and the Utah Jazz. Uh, last night it was the opening night uh, between the, uh, the it was the Lakers and the Clippers. Thought that was going to be a big showdown between the the for the Battle of Los Angeles. Clippers won the game and uh, won it by double digits. Uh, they just they looked better at the multiple positions. It looked like a lot was going to be on LeBron's shoulders and. That was an exp- a thought before and uh, coming into the season with him playing the point guard position. Uh, but um, it, uh, he really didn't have much of an effect in the second half, especially. Uh, Anthony Davis looks good. It uh, looked like he was very comfortable in a Lakers uniform. Uh, so uh, anyway, it was an interesting showdown for the Lakers and the Clippers. But uh, the, the biggest difference was that the Clippers have depth. Uh, the starters weren't as dynamic as the Lakers starters, but their bench was very strong. And I think that's going to be much of the story through the rest of the season for what will help uh, the Clippers stand apart from most other teams. Uh, they've got a lot of guys that uh, play hard, uh, play multiple positions, and uh, don't mind playing defense. So it was a big moment um, to see who was going to stand out on top at least early on in the NBA season and the Clippers jumped out and showed why they belong in the discussion to be uh, potentially the top team in the NBA. Uh, The other game actually looked like after some of the things that have happened in the offseason could be kind of a snoozer, but it actually turned out to be a a fun game, an overtime game, Raptors and Pelicans. After no Kawhi Leonard in Toronto, uh, no Zion Williamson because of injury with the, the Pelicans, it still turned out to be a pretty interesting game, and uh, went to extra time, one thirty to one twenty-two. So, all in all, I thought it was a pretty exciting
3: game for the kickoff of the NBA season. It's what the NBA needed. Uh, they they needed this really badly. They, I mean, with all the all the drama that's gone on in China versus the NBA and losing as much as they have, they needed this, and this is exactly what they got. Uh, again, game one didn't seem like it was going to be all that attractive. And it turns out to be like a Sports Illustrated swimsuit mall. I mean, it was just incredible. Like, he had a back and forth game. It was physical. Uh, it was like a swimsuit model. Yeah. I mean, oh, it's like, okay. I mean, it's like, you ever seen She's All That? Like, where they take this girl and they try to make her unattractive, but she's actually pretty hot. And then all of a sudden, they like dress her up and she looks just like this gorgeous girl. So it was like, She's All That. Okay, so but it was it was fun. It was really good basketball for the most part, and Fred Van Fleet was great. Um, you know, of course, Kyle Lowry took over when he needed to. Uh, but I think if New Orleans has Zion Williamson playing at full strength, I think New Orleans wins that game. What I was really shocked to see is Derek Favors not get that much minutes. He did not see the court a whole lot. That kind of bothered me. I was wondering why.
2: Yeah, because uh, I thought that he could be, especially in the absence of Zion Williamson, he'd probably play a, a pretty significant role. But they wanted to go young. Uh, they want to go with the youth, So, uh, which it's too bad. I think that could change. I imagine it would change when they want to get in a position. If they have a position to be a competitive team to try to win games, then they'll need Derek Favors.
3: Yeah. Uh <laughs> that's we'll we'll see if that's really gonna be the case here in a little bit, you know. I, I mean midway through the season. I, I I would still feel like he would have a very big impact on the court. Odd though that he didn't play last night a whole lot at that steal just that doesn't make any sense to me. But nonetheless, uh good I mean, good win for the Raptors. Nice and by the way, those rings, oh my gosh. Yeah, described to wow. be the biggest ever. Dude. Holy cow. Hey, does Kawhi get, like, how do they do that with Kawhi then? Like, is it at least going to, hey, we're just going to FedEx ring in the mailbox. It should be there in about three to five days. We didn't put it on automatic, you know, or fast shipping because we don't have the budget for it.
2: Or do they wait to, uh, to for the game when the Clippers play in Toronto? And then Kawhi puts 50 on them. <laughs> you miss me?
3: No, I don't think they would do that because it would be a chorus of boos. Don't you think? No. They knew this was coming. They knew this was coming. They knew this was a one-year rental. And if they boo them, they're stupid and they don't know what they're... They're not true basketball fans. Any true basketball fan knew that Kawhi, yes, he was in Toronto. Yes, he helped you win a title. Be grateful. That's all. He helped you win a title. Take that and be grateful for what it is. You knew this was coming. I, I Did you not see it coming? Come on, NBA. You knew this. You knew he was going to LA. You just didn't know where. Come on, be better. Um, but uh, We'll get into that Kawhi game in just a minute. Oh my gosh, uh, that was fun. But uh, again, a good win for Toronto, a good statement for them to beat a young team like New Orleans. But by the way, New Orleans is going to be a very good basketball team. When they get Zion Williamson back, if he's a full strength, hope he is, that team is going to be very, very good. They'll be a playoff team. Yeah, it could be really. I don't know if they're going
2: to be a playoff team, but I think they're going to I, I be competing for it. The West is so good and so deep. Oh, I know. But I think they'll be fighting for that position. Scare the crap out of you. Yeah. Yeah, I, I don't think there's any problem with saying that they're going to be a competitive ball club this year. No, they've made some interesting moves. They've got some good young talent. They just they brought in a guy that's going to contend to be the rookie of the year if he can stay healthy.
3: They're a well-rounded team. Yeah, they are. Yeah, they are. Hey, game two was spicy as well. Um, That atmosphere was incredible. Now, there was more Laker fans than Clipper fans. That's going to happen when LeBron moves to L.A. and takes Anthony Davis with them. But, boy, like, hey, so, you know, before the game starts, everyone's doing their handshakes. You know, LeBron's got his flower and he's throwing it up in the air. And, you know. Chalk. Whatever, is drugs. I mean, he's just. I mean, he's throwing it up in the air. You know, everyone's getting a taste of it. It's great. Guess you on the court, ready to go. Kawhi Leonard, he's just waiting for everybody. He's like, let's play. And Doc said in his post game, like, that's how I knew it was on. When that guy was on the court waiting for everybody, and everyone else is kind of doing their own little thing. Kawhi's like, let's go, let's play. In one, like, in one segment, in a stretch. Kawhi hit seven straight shots. At first, he was slow, right? Two points, two straight turnovers, didn't look all that great. And then all of a sudden, it just clicked. And then, I mean, come on, the guy was so on fire during that stretch that he had a dribble with KCP, right? Caldwell Pope, all over him, in his grill. He dribbles to the right side, looks at the baseline, knows that he's going to get there and he's going to get stuck. So what does he do? Just pulls up with his right leg, hits a jumper right over the guy's grill. And does, doesn't even give, like, the nod of, hey, good defense, KCP, because some, some should will try. Hey, man, that's good D, you know. quiet didn't even look at him. quite <laughs> just ran back to the other side of the court and said, I'll meet you there. <laughs> Let's play horse. quiet was so good. This game was so good. This was fun basketball. Non-stop action. Like, watching LeBron chase down a block again. Now, it wasn't as epic as his Golden State block in Game 7, but it was good. He met that kid at the rim. You had two of the th- top
2: three two-way players in the NBA on the court last night,
3: and and the best thing is like, well, we'll get into that in just a bit. But LeBron and- James, Kawhi Leonard, Giannis
2: Antetokounmpo. Those that's my top three two-way players. Anthony, guys that are really good offensively, but also really, really good defensively.
3: Good LeBron's not great. Paul deep.
2: George is on that in the top five there, but he wasn't on the court.
3: Anthony Davis is gonna get into your top five at some Anthony point. Anthony Davis, my
2: yes. gosh, he deserves See, to be in that discussion. What well, you That's know?
3: What's right. crazy is we forgot how good those two, like him and LeBron It's crazy to say, but how good those two guys are when they're actually wanting to play and that they're interested in playing basketball. Do you know how good they are. I mean, I mean, there was one on a fast break where I believe it was uh, Lou Williams trying to throw it up over. Uh, uh, I can't remember who it was, but he picks it off, keeps his foot in bounds, throws it in to save it to LeBron James in like almost one motion. It was incredible. LeBron was awesome last night. But LeBron was just a, a, a darling last night. Yeah, uh, he was good. I don't know to say he was awesome. Yes, he was offensively and defensively, I feel like he did a lot last night. Well,
2: he's going to have to do a lot. With this team, the way that it's structured, he'll have to do a lot. Yeah. He'll have to do a lot. Uh, I thought it was also interesting that uh, whenever Danny Green was on the court, um, uh, Kawhi Leonard wasn't as good. Uh, Sometimes he drew him defensively, and uh, those two know each other uh, from their time in San Antonio and their time in Toronto. Um, but I thought that was kind of an interesting matchup story within, uh, within the story, if you will. But um, still, I, I look at that uh, that Clippers bench and what they did. I mean, anytime they made substitutions, there was no letdown. There was yeah. no letting off the gas. There was no drop in production. In fact, maybe even got better when they started bringing guys in off the bench. But Kawhi, I mean, 30 points,
3: a block, two steals, five assists, six rebounds. <laughs> the guy was doing everything. <laughs> Patrick Beverly was a menace last night, too. Patrick's not going to get a lot of credit because the stat line doesn't really give it to him. But I thought Patrick Beverly defensively was everywhere. Everywhere. He took on anybody. At one point, he wanted to jump ball versus Anthony Davis, and he couldn't wait. And he got out jump jumped by like a solid inch. But, it, I mean, he just wanted it. That team was a big statement win last night. And by the way, this game should frighten the rest of the rest the rest of the Western Conference. Everybody from the Western Conference wanted to be in the playoffs, wanted to be one of those top three to four seats to get home court, should look at that game and think, Fetch. What do we do now? That's what we have to contend with. By the way, Jazz get Lakers on Friday night. We're praying for you. Because with Anthony Davis and LeBron James are actually focused in, intense and ready to go, that team can be really, really good. Their bench isn't as great as the Clippers is. That might, that probably is actually what I'd say hurt them the most last night is the lack of their bench. Jared Dudley in 13 minutes was two two from the field. Daniels was in 16 minutes two of six. Dwight Howard was one of three. Queen Cook was two of seven. Like, they need a bench, and the Clippers got one. That's why they were able to uh, win this game 112 102. But I'm telling you, that starting five of the Lakers will give a lot of teams a lot of problems.
2: Uh, oh, yes. Absolutely. They'll make a lot of highlight reels, they'll the, do a lot of really good things while they're on the court. The real question for the Lakers' sustainability is what's that second unit look like? And right now, it doesn't look like anything. But if they can stagger it enough with LeBron, and uh, Davis not always playing together. Uh, they're always going to have a megastar on the court, and they'll always be competitive. But unless they get a little more help from their bench, eh, it could be a long season for the Lakers. They'll still be good, yeah, but it'll be a real yeah, it struggle. It will be a, absolutely. It'll be a real struggle. They won't, they won't blow agree. through team.
3: I know. No, I would definitely agree with that. When they rest LeBron and Anthony Davis, and they will, just they're going to struggle mentally, really badly. JaVale McGee really isn't that good of a basketball player. He just looks good when he's with good guys on the court.
2: Uh, So that was the opening night in the NBA. Utah Jazz have their opener tonight against the Oklahoma City Thunder. Before that game gets underway, big news are already happening in Salt Lake City before the game even starts. And that was a big announcement today from uh, the NBA itself in town to announce... uh, that uh, a future all-star game is going to be in salt lake adam silver the commissioner for the nba uh, made the announcement and there's some comments from gail miller and and steve starks from the jazz representatives uh, about uh, the work they've had to do to put in to get this and what it might mean for the for the franchise and for the community as a whole
0: it's an honor to be here and as that I'll just mention, it's my honor to announce the 2023 All-Star Game will take place here in Salt Lake City. (laughs) Let me just add, as as the governor and I were just discussing, um, big time events and sports are part of the DNA of this state and part of this city. Um, And as Thurl mentioned, so many important NBA events, finals have taken place over the years here. In fact, my very first All-Star Game as an NBA employee was in 1993, and so it'll be the 30th anniversary of the NBA All-Star Game taking place in Salt Lake City when we come back here in 2023. Let me also just thank the Mayor, the Governor, Steve, um, Gail, it's a tremendous partnership we have between the city and the state the Utah Jazz organization and the league, and of course, let me thank my colleagues from the league as well. Um, All-Star, as you all know, it started off years ago, even when we were here in 1993, we used to call it All-Star Weekend, I think, and then it was events on Saturday and Sunday. Now it's very much All-Star Week, and as part of that week, and I know part of the commitment from the Miller family to the community is to leave a lasting legacy from our events over the time here. We're an all-star. So thank you for that as well. A tremendous amount of work has gone in already for preparing for this announcement today, and a tremendous amount of additional work will go on between now and when the actual game takes place in 2023. So I look forward to being here with all of you and hosting another tremendous event. Thank you again for being here.
2: Big news, IJ.
3: All-star game...
2: 30 years
3: to the year that they had done it before, we're back. I know there's going to be NBA players
2: who are going to poo-poo this. That aren't going to be excited about coming to Salt Lake City for the All-Star game. And not just them. I mean, there's probably going to be some media people grousing, oh man, come on, it's the middle of the winter. We don't want to go to Salt Lake City in the middle of winter.
3: You know, shame on them. Remember when the Olympics came here and everyone's like, why? Like, why are we going to this place where we can't drink and we have to have Diet Mountain Dew everywhere we go? I mean, why? And then they all walked out of there thinking, we want to go back. We want to go back there for the Winter Olympics sometime again. That's how good it was. This is what the All-Star Game will do.
2: Yeah, I totally agree. I mean, look, it's going to, it's been in Indianapolis recently. It's going to Cleveland here before too long. So it's going to cold weather destinations. It's not always a uh, let's send it somewhere where it's warm for the All Star break. So I, I I'm glad that the uh, the Jazz or excuse me the NBA have recognized that the Jazz have made significant investments in upgrading their arena and that it's been a long time since they've been back and it's an opportunity to showcase the the state and the city. And his contributions in a long time, what they've been how they've been contributing to the NBA over a long period of time. Uh Gail Miller, sweet Gail
3: Miller. She's like everybody's grandma, isn't she? Don't she's awesome. Ever say that to her if you ever meet her. She's a sweet lady. Gail, awesome. you are like a grandma to me. in fact, I've got to tell you a story after this. Uh this is Gail Miller. This is <laughs> You're going to love this story. This is Gail Miller here uh, after the announcement of the 2023 All-Star Game.
4: It's wonderful how a few simple words can make us so happy in Utah. It's been an honor for me and my family to serve as stewards of the Utah Jazz for the past 34 years. From the day we bought the team, we considered it a community asset our plan has always been to keep the Utah Jazz in Utah, so I've made I've taken steps to ensure that that will happen by putting it into trust. But going to the All-Star Game, the 1993 All-Star Game was very exciting for me, for my family, for our fans, and for the whole community. It was an electric and thrilling experience, and one that I will always remember. This arena was just two years old. The West won the game. John Stockton and Karl Malone were named co-MVPs, which was fitting. And today, we are honored to welcome the NBA and the All-Star Game back to Salt Lake City. Thank you to our public and private partners who have committed their support to securing this opportunity. It really does take a village. Thank you to the NBA for your confidence in our ability to make the 2023 All-Star Game the best game in experience in the history. Our newly remodeled Vivint Hearts Smart Home Arena is designed to enhance the fan experience from top to bottom. At Larry H. Miller, we are committed to excellence. We're proud to accept this opportunity and to prepare an elevated experience for all who participate in it, whether electronically or live. Our mission is to enrich lives. This experience will emerge as the All-Star Game comes to fruition, and it will be one to remember. We live by the principle, go about doing good until there's too much good in the world. And we will use this philosophy as we prepare and execute the 2023 All-Star Game. I'm confident that we will make the local, the national, and the global basketball community proud. Thank you to everyone involved.
2: That's Gail Miller. And uh, yes, Exciting moment for the Miller family, who got to host the All Star Game just a few years after that building opened at the time as the Delta Center, who many people still refer to it as. But uh, now, after a significant renovation, uh, was it two
3: summers ago? Now, yep, it was. Too, man, that was nightmarish. Yeah, that renovation took for it took a while. Took a while. But yeah.
2: uh, if you haven't been to the arena since then. You need to go. It's beautiful. Uh, it's
3: it really is. Well they done. did a great job. Yeah, they did a great job. And Gateway's been uh, been redone as well. Greatly looks beautiful. Um, that area is ready for an all star game, and they've been ready for a while. And this is and this is what it was all about. That renovation, the renovation of Gateway, and and all that was all to get ready for these kind of things. And so this is this is this is going to be good. So I can't
2: refer to Gale as a that she sounds like a grandma. So,
3: let me tell you a story. A sweet grandmother. 3 years ago we we're having a meeting when I was working for the radio in Salt Lake and we we're we we're having a meeting and um we we had pizza at our meeting. Okay, so we're eating and like there's we're in, we're in like the suite if you will, like the club, so the skybox or the club box if you will. That's just it, it's connected to our radio station, we're having pizza and we're talking and all of a sudden there's this big group that comes by and they're all getting shown some of the renovation that's been done. And Steve Starks walks in, and he's kind of heading the group, talking to him, and he looks over at us. We wave to him. I wave to him, eating pizza. Then Gail Miller, on a car, being driven by her husband, drives by, and I look, and I'm like, oh, it's Gail. So I wave to Gail and her husband, who I've never met. I've only talked to Gail. (laughs) And I walk away, think nothing of it. The next day, I get a call from another coworker, RJ, we got in trouble, dude. For what? for eating pizza in front of gail i guess gail was so unhappy with the way we were like a, a, our appearance of eating pizza in front of him that she had called i don't know who she like jeremy castro or or scotty g i don't know who she called somebody but came out and said <laughs> but like came into them and said hey look we have to be really 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 careful about how we are acting while they are like by us and so i was livid i was like we can't eat pizza we're having a meeting it's not our fault we didn't know you were coming. Why don't you send us an email next time? I'm not going to feel bad for eating pizza in front of you. You know, you can come in and Gail and have a slice with me. You're always welcome in. Anyways, from that moment she on, wasn't I was, having it dude, I'm terrified of that lady. She's sweet and I've talked to her several times, but I'm, I mean, I feel like I'm walking on eggshells too. Like one word and it's, you're fired. No, she wouldn't ever do that. Uh, But uh, she. Yeah. So I, I, w- I would refrain, Eric, when you do meet her one day, do not say, Gail, it is great to have my grandma around me. She's a very accomplished lady. I would never
2: do that. She's proven to be very successful, very smart uh, with how she's handled uh, a very significant business empire. So... Yeah, really cool thing though that Utah Jazz get to host the All Star game in twenty twenty three. We'll hear comments from Steve Starks uh, coming up in just a moment, and uh, what that means for the organization. It was interesting listening to the press conference this afternoon. Everybody had to, everyone who spoke had to throw in a little something there about, you know, what what makes things unique or why they're special, um, why, what's uh, really cool. Um, but uh, it, as you might expect. In a moment like that. Not saying anything was negative, nothing was bad. Uh, But um, anyway, more about the announcement today. More about Utah Jazz kicking off the 2019-2020 season officially tonight. Uh, And also there was a Major League Baseball World Series game one last night. So we'll break that down. And don't forget, coming up next hour, it's an in-the-know Wednesday. We'll get you ready for Utah State and Air Force With the comments from Coach Calhoun, Gary Anderson, some of the players, interesting things they have to say about this matchup. But Coach Calhoun, sometimes he just says things that are just dumb. He's already said one thing in a post-game press conference this season. He just said another thing earlier this week. It just makes you scratch your head. We'll discuss and hear from him coming up next, uh, next hour here on the
0: Full Court Press. Talking the sports you care about. The Full Court Press on Sports Talk Radio, 1069 FM, 1390 AM. The
2: Fan. Today, the Utah Jazz, in concert with the NBA, announcing that Salt Lake City. Will host the 2023 NBA All Star Game. Now, that All Star Game usually happens in mid February. Mid February in Salt Lake City. Yeah, there'll be. Be cold. cold. Wintry.
3: Snow. Go skiing. Yeah. You know what, Paul George? Why don't you go hit the snowboards? (laughs) There you go.
2: Uh, it was interesting, Jackie Biskupski, who was the mayor of Salt Lake City, when she had her moment, she made sure to emphasize that there are great microbreweries and uh, emphasized that um, you know, there are other things to do in Salt Lake City that maybe some people think that Salt Lake City is most known for but uh, I think it's going to be great for, it's the, good. for the city, no, for the state to host it. Uh, the, and the, uh, the salt year... palace nearby is not that far away. No. You can host a lot of different things there. Um, and uh, there's you know, the, the state's trying to host the 2030 winter Olympics. Mm-hmm. So it's a good tune up or ramp up an opportunity to showcase that Salt Lake city can handle big events still.
3: Yeah, no, I think it's great. Um, And, I mean, to do it 30 years later, I mean, 30 exact years later is pretty cool. I mean, 93 was Stockton, it was Malone, the MVPs, and, I mean, it it was a fun environment, a fun night. To do it now, does Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert win co-All-Star MVP awards? Wouldn't that be something? Yeah, would that be something? They'd have to make it to the All-Star game. Yeah, that's the problem.
2: By then, though, they'll be in their prime.
3: Yeah, if, I, if they're not making it by then, then they're never making it ever again. Probably not. Probably not. Uh, Steve
2: Starks, he is the, what, uh, CEO? He's now the CEO
3: over Larry H. Miller Sports and Entertainment.
2: And so he got a chance to speak as well after the announcement, um, sharing some of his thoughts about bringing the All-Star Game to Salt Lake City.
5: Thank you for being here today. An event of this magnitude doesn't happen without the help of a lot of people. And we're very grateful for all of those people who have participated and worked hard for the last two years on this project. I also want to recognize some some people that are in attendance today. First of all, we want to recognize Greg Miller, who's the governor for the Utah Jazz and member of the Larry H. Miller Board of Directors. Thankful that Greg is here with us today. We also have with us Steve Miller, who's the Vice Chair of the Larry H. Miller Board of Directors. Brian Miller, his wife Heather Don, I'm grateful for other members of the Miller family that are with us as well, Karen, Adam, and Zane. And we have two members of our board of directors, Steve Albrecht and Denny Haslam, thank you for your attendance and support through this process. We have several elected officials who have been tremendous partners as we've worked on this together. We have the Lieutenant Governor, Spencer Cox, who not only is one of the biggest jazz fans uh, that you'll ever meet, but also has been a huge help throughout this process. We have the Utah Speaker of the House, Uh, Brad Wilson, we have the Senate President, Stuart Adams. We have Salt Lake County Mayor, Jenny Wilson. Thank you for your support and attendance. And our friends from the Utah Sports Commission, the State Office of Tourism, Visit Salt Lake, and the Downtown Alliance have all been tremendous partners as as we prepared and made our, our bid. We have with us members of our front office, including the President of Utah Jazz and Larry H. Miller Sports Entertainment, Jim Olson, Dennis Lindsay, Executive Vice President of Basketball Operations, Justin Zanuck, our general manager, and David Morway, our our assistant general manager. Uh, I also want to just pause and thank uh, two people who've really made this event happen from within the Utah Jazz and our organization. That's Don Sterling and Carrie holt Larson, who have done incredible work. Please give them a round of applause for their leadership. (laughs) Uh, We're honored to have all of you here today as our special guests in this powerhouse lineup that we've seen today. Uh, We are excited to bring the All-Star Game back to Salt Lake City and to Utah. As you've seen, we have civic and community and business partners that are engaged, committed to making this a very special and memorable experience. We're really proud to be in the renovated Vivint Smart Home Arena. Gail and I were just talking that when we started this project three or four years ago, this was exactly the type of event that we hoped would come back because of this beautiful arena. Uh, one of the most innovative and tech-friendly and guest-friendly arenas in the NBA and in the world. With the close proximity of the Salt Palace Convention Center, the Huntsman Center as facilities, NBA fans from all over the world are going to enjoy a dynamic downtown atmosphere when they're here for the All-Star Weekend. We know that this will be the ultimate experience for basketball fans, global viewers, visitors, and certainly our local community. It is a symbolic of Utah's heritage of hard work and innovation and we couldn't be more excited. Thank you for your support.
3: This is a big deal. Yeah. This is really cool. Yeah, it's a huge deal to get the Salt Lake, uh, to get the NBA All Star game back here. And that will lead to bigger things. When I say bigger things, the Winter Olympics, right? If you can have a positive and a good review from those of the hierarchy of the NBA and those who are in, in the board of the All Star Committee if they can have a positive review on Salt Lake City and this event, you can take that review and say, hey, look, to the committee of the Winter Olympics, look, we had an incredible experience hosting a professional basketball event, one of the greatest all-star events in sports. We were able to put a spectacle together. We could do that for the Winter Olympics again. And I think the Winter Olympics committee would abide by that. And they would take it and they'd say, you know what, in consider- serious consideration that this this city, this place, this state can handle all this, all this hoopla, and 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 welcome the world in. I think that's 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 what they're going to lead to after this.
2: Yeah, well, uh, this you, Salt Lake City has already essentially gotten the bid that they will be the host for the United States if the United States were to get the Winter Olympics in 2030 or 2034. So they're already in the in the pole position, at least in the United States. Uh, So, really, it's about the other players out there around the world for the Winter Olympics.
3: Yeah. And
2: the state is, I mean, honestly, the state's already shown that it can throw a great party for the Winter Olympics. I mean, it was one of the most successful Winter Olympics ever, uh, financially, ratings-wise. Yeah. It was a tremendous success. Uh, So, that's why they wanted to do it again, and they've already been working on things. But um, it's interesting how... Uh, Governor Herbert, in some of his comments, which we don't have, we're not going to share with you. But to summarize, he listed a long list of other national events, like championship-level events, that um, that the state has hosted just recently. Uh, so it's not like it's an anomaly. It's not coming to a place that doesn't know how to handle this kind of stuff. But uh, great opportunity for the Jazz to showcase their uh, renovated arena and uh, – really to showcase the city to the world because it is an international game international sport
3: it's great again it's so it's it's what this state really deserved, honestly, with all the work that Gail Miller... Because as Adam Silver said, this has been a process. This isn't just like a one-month thing, let's jump into it. Hey, we're ready to go if you want to come check it out sometime. it's There is a very long process with Right, that. You have to
2: put in bids, like this is what we would do, and this is what we think it would cost. Here's some of the other events that we could host. And then the, and then the committee and the has to venues that
3: we have. The committee comes down and looks at the building. Okay, what can you do? What can you offer? What is what is here that fans could say, "Yeah, I'll take that." With the new restaurants they've put inside the uh, arena, with the uh, amenities that they've put down in like underneath, inside the locker rooms, inside you know in uh, in the clubs and in the suites, which by the way are incredibly, really, really well done uh, with the space that's now affordable for fans Bill, to walk in and enjoy the NBA All Star experience. They, I mean, that committee. I mean, they look on a very long checklist, extremely long, and check off every box, They and it's detailed, too. And if you miss a couple, that might be costing you an All-Star game. So they went through it. They checked off that list. The Jazz checked off the list with the re- re- uh, renovation, and then the All-Star committee checked off the list and said, this one's ready to go.
2: All right, because they have to look at, because there are going to be other events that they're going to host. Yes. All-Star
3: weekend. Yep. So you gotta make sure there's places that can handle that. There'll be festivities, exactly. That's a big one. There'll be festivities of NBA All Star things, glamors and glitzes to kind of prep it all up for fans to be able to be a part of. Do you have the space? Do you have the luxury items to be able to do that? That that's a great point, Eric.
2: Right. Because there's gonna these people will bring an entourage with them. Oh uh, so yeah. there'll be other oh, things yeah. for them to do. You bet.
3: And and I mean, imagine now in what we're, so we're looking at four years, right? Uh, who could be in that All Star game? Zion Williamson could be in the dunk contest. Uh, you could. I cheat. should be. So
2: twenty twenty three.
3: So we're coming. This All Star game this year will be twenty twenty.
2: So we're not really that far away.
3: Yeah. You so you'll have Zion. Hopefully, hopefully Donovan. Hopefully Rudy will be in there. Maybe Joe Ingles takes part in the three point contest. Uh, you'll uh just trying to think here. Steph Curry, I'm sure will be there maybe clay, you know, just in regards to all the festivities, it'll just, you know, the talent will be there and they're coming to Salt Lake all in one. And that, that right there is just exciting. So a uh, really exciting announcement today by the Utah Jazz and the NBA.
2: Utah Jazz have their first game tonight. We'll have it right here on 106.9 The Fan. Pre-game at about 6.50, tip off at 7 o'clock. We are the home of the Utah Jazz here on one hundred six point nine the fan one hundred six point
3: nine FM and thirteen ninety AM. Hey, so my question is: in four years now, granted, four years is four years. Well, I guess I should ask this: Would you guys broadcast the NBA All Star Game over this radio station? Probably. I mean, if it's in Salt Lake, that'd be kind of cool. Uh, if we, if we, I mean, everyone get, get the get the right on that. We and, have the rights on that. that we could do that. That'd be kind of cool. in Salt Lake, and you're able to listen to it here, and that'd be pretty fun. Yeah, that'd be really cool. <laughs> All right, well, I mean, we start a little ways, but
2: yeah. Uh, Aj, we need to get into the World Series, but before we move on to the NBA, Utah Jazz tonight, Oklahoma City Thunder. What are some of the biggest things for you to watch for in the
3: opener for the Jazz? If they figure out their crap defensively. Like, if Young <laughs> if, if Bogdanovic can actually, if he doesn't look like a lost little squirrel, like he can actually figure out where he's supposed to be he can be to that spot and make coverages. I mean, he's got to cover a lot of ground for his spot and for who he's guarding. Can he do it? And then secondly, will Royce or Joe be starting tonight? Yeah, it'll be interesting to see they what, split what the starting the preseason, five looks like. They split it between those two. So who starts? Uh, that, that, that could be interesting.
2: Yeah, for me, the biggest question is the, has been the defense in the preseason. Uh, do they get that figured out? Do they lock it down? Um, and do they? This is an Oklahoma City team that uh doesn't have a lot of star power. Even Chris Paul,
3: his not, luster is,
2: yeah. is not the same. And
3: you know, I, I said this yesterday on our show that Chris Paul, I mean, when he was with the Hornets, he had Paige Ostiorovic, David West in his prime, he had a ton of talent there in New Orleans. Then he went to the Clippers, he had Blake Griffin, JJ Reddick, Jamal Crawford. Uh, at one point he had Paul Pierce, whatever that meant. Uh. He had a ton of talent over there for the Clippers. Then he went to the Houston Rockets. He had James Harden, Clint Capella, PJ Tucker, Eric Gordon, and now you're going to a team with very little to no talent, very young, very young team. That could be intriguing as well. Uh, so yeah, and but it's just gonna be weird seeing Chris Paul in an Oklahoma City Thunder jersey. I don't know if I'm gonna get used to that. <laughs> so no, that's a great be point. Weird. Hey, really quickly, I, I'm blanking here. Who's the backup point guard for the Jazz? if Exum sits, well, yeah, he is sitting. But who's the backup? I uh, imagine it'd be Moudier. Oh, okay, that's right. All right, I didn't know if they had to put Donovan to the point guard spot or no. Okay, thank you. Uh, I
2: think he can initiate the offense. I think the unique, one of the unique aspects of this roster is that a lot of different guys can initiate the offense. Joe Ingles yeah. can initiate the offense. Donovan can. Um, I don't know if Royce. I don't think he's I wouldn't trust there. Royce. I yeah, I don't know. think he's. Yeah, I'm there. not ready for that yet either. But I think there's multiple guys who can initiate the offer, the offense who aren't necessarily quote unquote point guards. Yeah. All right. Coming up next year in the full court press, the the first game of the World Series is now in the books. Kind of a surpriser to see the road team do as well as they did. The Astros made a comeback. wasn't quite enough, but uh, we'll discuss what happened and what's next in this series coming up on the full court press.
1: Saturday on Compass Media Network's coverage of NCAA football. It's an SEC West showdown from Bryant Denny Stadium as top-ranked Alabama hosts Arkansas. Hi, it's Greg Daniels. Join Tiggy Barber and me for all the action as these two SEC blue bloods collide. Can upset-minded Arkansas pull off the upset against a banged-up Alabama team? It's the Alabama Crimson Tide and the Arkansas Razorbacks. If it's college football, it's right here. Saturday afternoon at 4.30 on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM, The Fan.
0: The Aggie are number 1 here the full court press connect with us on facebook twitter and online at 1069thefan.com
2: Welcome back to the Full Court Press. Eric Franson, Ajay Salveson. A couple of different things uh, going on. Obviously, we've discussed what's happening in the NBA. Utah Jazz have their home opener, season opener tonight against the Oklahoma City Thunder. We'll have that game full play-by-play right here on 106.9 The Fan FM, 1390 AM with pregame at about 6.50. Tip-off will be at 7.00. Uh, but last night, it was the not only the beginning of the NBA. It was Game One of the World Series, and boy, well, the Nationals got out on top of the uh, uh, on on top of the Astros. It was some great offense overcoming some good pitching for the
1: Nationals. Three, two, to Saul. Swung on, hit in the inner left field. Brantley going back against the Crawford boxes off the wall. Bounces by him back toward the infield. Robles is scored. Rounding third is Rendon. He comes in to score. on a booming double off the left field wall by Juan Soto.
3: Soto had himself a game. Yeah, he's been great. He was great in the NLCS. He was great last night. Dude, I'm not getting this. How do you not fi- – I mean, nobody's been able to figure out this Nationals pitching. Scherzer was really, really good. He got roughed up early, picked himself off the ground, saw the rest of the way, bullpen made it really interesting until Sean Doolittle came in there and shut the door. Uh, but this pitching's been been wonderful. And and on the other side, um, a lot of undisciplined at-bats from the Astros. Uh, really undisciplined. I mean, you have guys swinging up breaking balls. Jose Altuve – is is a hard swinger. When he swings, he puts everything into it. The problem is, is when when you have batters like that, some of them will already decide that they are going to swing before the pitch is thrown. So you had guys swinging at breaking balls thirty feet away from the plate that were hitting the dirt. And and when you when you fall behind like that, or when you're behind one and two, you're at their mercy. You're at Nationals bullpen and their starters' mercy, and that's not a good thing. And that's what got so many of these guys full. Just I mean, a really impressive performance by the uh, by the Nationals last night.
2: And uh, Garrett Cole, who's been outstanding in the playoffs. I thought he was great last night for the most part. For the most part. They got after him pretty early. Zimmerman struck first. Here's
1: the wide of the pitch. Swing and a drive hit well. Deep center field. Way back goes Springer to the warning track. Looking up, and it is gone. Goodbye. Bang. Soon goes the Z-Man. To the deepest part of Minute Maid Park, just to the left of the batter's eye in center field. Ryan Zimmerman, with his second home run of the postseason, cuts the Astros' lead in half.
2: And then uh, it was Soto, who had another... <laughs> his, was, he was really, really good uh, for the Nationals.
1: Into the low 80s. The 1-0. Swinging a fly ball, well hit to left field. Way back goes this one. It's got a chance. It's going, going, and long, going up onto the railroad tracks. Welcome to the World Series, Juan Soto.
5: Nationals tie the game at two as Juan Soto goes opposite field for a tape measure home run
1: onto the railroad tracks.
2: I mean, it was. Houston got out early. Uh, but uh, and by the way, Scherzer, like you said, he started to settle down. Yeah, but then Garrett Cole, uh, they got a few of those hits that went for yard on him. Uh, and, but in that fifth inning, they just really
3: got after him. They did. I mean, Max Scherzer not bad. Five innings, five hits, two runs, both earned, three walks, seven Ks. But um, uh, yeah, I mean, it's just it's just settling down and then make and an understanding that when you have an impatient team like Houston who will swing at anything and everything with everything they've got in their body, it makes it easier to pitch because it's such an undisciplined baseball team. Um, But that Soto home run, dude, that pitch was up. And almost, I mean, I'm not going to say he tomahawked it, but he swung at his shoulders. And then he punched it over in like the upper, upper deck where the train tracks were, man. Dude, that was incredible. That really was something. Uh, defensively, you know, there were a couple of big plays. Uh, there was one where the, uh, um, I can't remember the shortstop's name, but he had a dive to his right, stop a ball, and it was a single, but that easily could have been a run scored. And it kept the game at 5-4, because then there was a strike right after that, um... So, just a lot of great defensive clutch plays. Little ones that won't show up in the score box, right? Little ones that people won't talk about. A ball that was thrown in quickly on a relay was able to hold a runner at third. I just stuff like that. And, again, this, is, this just is getting ridiculous, Eric. These Nationals, are you kidding me? They just went, I mean, this is the same Nationals team, by the way. The same one that was 19-31 and 31 on May 24th and was looking at dead basement getting locked underneath there then since may 24th they're like oh we're playing a baseball game maybe we should try <laughs> flips the switch on best yeah. league best record in the league since then then beats the brewers in a wild card game beats the uh dodgers the best yeah, team in baseball best, yeah beats the Same dodgers story. in 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 their series and then goes and sweeps the cardinals no big deal and then freaking turn around and win game 1 on the road on the road come on what's it going to take Hey, let me ask you something. If the Nationals win Game 2, with Strasburg on the mound and Sanchez and Corbin going Games 3 and 4, does this thing end in Washington? No. Okay. I don't think
2: so, because the Astros have shown they can win on the road. Astros have shown that they can they can still be tough against good pitchers. So, uh, I, I think... I still stand by my pre-World Series prediction, Astros in six. They'll may now go seven. Um, but um, it was a good game. It was a really good game. Uh, however, ratings were the lowest since 2014. Did,
3: well, okay. Now, let's remind ourselves what was on TV last night. True, There was a
2: big-time event happening yeah, on
3: TNT. At yeah, the there's – yeah. And tonight, you have all sorts of basketball games. You have the RSL – like I said, I mean, you have soccer playoffs, MLS soccer playoffs going on tonight, and you have game two of the World Series. So you're, I mean, everyone's kind of fighting over the controller in regards of each pro sport. <laughs> you know, everyone wants to touch the remote and put it on their station. And so it could be fun. It's an, Look, Eric, you said it before. I loved how you said it. October is the best best month of sports of any time of the year. That beats March, that beats April, that beats, you know, all-star weekends of all sorts, that beats Super Bowl weekend, October, does it like nobody else can.
2: We've got the convergence of all these sports all happening at the same time.
3: It's incredible. I mean, again, Real Salt Lake tonight, they're at 8 o'clock, I believe, I think is their game time. Jazz, 7 o'clock, baseball, and then you got all sorts of other basketball games on TV, um, Probably have
2: some hockey going, too.
3: Yeah, you'll have some hockey. If you're a hockey guy, Las Vegas is on. There you go. It's a fun time, man. Really, really fun time. Hey, coming up next hour, Ajay,
2: we're going to do, do a little bit of a deeper dive on the Air Force Falcons. We'll hear from their coach. How you know, He thinks Utah State is a bunch of old guys. That dump. Oh, my God. <laughs> what do the players have to say about Air Force and their unique offensive style? And it's not just their unique run game. This is a good defensive team, too. So, Uh, Utah State's going to have their hands full coming up on a late Saturday night in Colorado Springs. So coming up next hour, we'll get you in the know for this great matchup between these two teams, conference rivals. Uh, Last year, it was a high-scoring game. Air Force uh, made it
1: a game late. So we'll discuss it coming up next hour here on the Full Court Press. I'm Dan Patrick, and this is Above the Noise. The Houston Astros had every advantage in Game 1 of the World Series. They were at home. Garrett Cole, who hadn't lost a game in five months, was on the mound. And the Nationals were coming off a long layoff, which historically has been a disadvantage. And the Astros have been here before. But baseball's a funny game. Ever since they overcame a slow start in the season, the Nationals found ways to win. On Tuesday night, Juan Soto was the star. Their 20-year-old outfielder wasn't intimidated by Cole or the situation. He had a massive home run off Cole and led Washington to a 5-4 victory. The Nationals are the biggest World Series underdog since 2007. But maybe the lack of expectations works in their favor. In game one, they just showed up and played their game. There's still a whole lot of baseball left. We'll see if Washington can stay loose or Houston can find its footing and take back control of what should be a very tightly contested series. I'm Dan Patrick, and this is Above the Noise.